It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. The Bengals, victorious, securing the continuation of their now 12-game winning streak that Jay Morrison wrote about for The Athletic this week. They have won now 12 straight games when they finish the season at home and have a losing record. Never a doubt, never a doubt that they would win this game, tie the franchise works worst record of two and fourteen instead of setting a new record at one and fifteen. And Joe Mixon and the defensive ends in particular balled out. What do you say, Joe? Yeah, I think it's pretty funny that uh, Dunlap has two and a half sacks, Lawson has two sacks, Hubbard has a sack and a half. On the same weekend, Joe Burrow throws seven touchdowns in the first half, and it's like, okay. Not only did that secure everything and all the decision making at that pick, but then the defensive ends balled out. So if you were, if there were still two people out of a million that still wanted Chase Young, I mean, where would he play? What would you do? Like, yes, he's great. He would play. But these, this was a great defensive performance from the defensive line. And man, they took over so many times. I thought Dunlap, you said it before we even started recording, was just fantastic in the second half of this game. He's been fantastic in the second half of the season. He's really, really uh, been a key player for them. Yeah, when I said before we started recording and when we stopped talking before we started recording because most of that conversation ends up being stuff that we repeat then to you, the good listeners of the world, is that I think Carlos Dunlap has easily been a top five defensive end edge player in the NFL in the second half of the season, if not better. He's been on an absolute tear. I mean, you remember how slow he started the season. And he Mm -hmm. finishes now with 10 sacks. He had three more QB hits today. Sam Hubbard had a couple QB hits. Lawson, who had two sacks, we've been waiting for this all year, also had four other hits on Baker Mayfield. They were getting a lot of pressure in this game. On top of that, all those guys also had tackles for a loss. Lawson with two, Dunlap with two, Hubbard with one. So I, I don't particularly feel like after watching yesterday's games today's games there's really any argument left for chase young i know i know and because of those that continuous pressure all game uh, they got their hands on a lot of balls Mm -hmm. the the linebackers and the defensive backs uh, there was almost an interception by jermaine pratt there was almost one by andrew billings there was almost one by carl lawson there was one by bw webb and there was two by darius phillips who had an interesting day overall Uh, he got beat more than more than a few times but what does he do? He gets his hand on the ball. I bet he tracked that deep ball 
better than any Bengal receiver has all year. So uh, maybe it was the best thrown deep ball any Bengals receiver has seen either. But uh, he did track it, catch it, and returned it. it. He He's making his case to play and to start. He was wide open. There was no coverage over the top on that throw from Mayfield, and it was just Phillips and Green, yeah. you know? Yep. Yeah, that was a pretty bad throw. I think it was a miscommunication more than anything. It looked like the receiver gave up on the play. But, yeah, I thought that he had a really up-and-down game from what I saw. He had three passes defense, according to ESPN, and I think that's in addition to his two interceptions. Mm -hmm. He almost got his hand on that ball that Odell Beckham somehow came down with in the corner of the end zone. I thought Baker was throwing it away. I mean, credit Baker Mayfield there for a fourth and – goal play from the 20 to just put it somewhere his guy his most talented player on the team can go up and make a play on the ball but Darius Phillips is in position there Mm -hmm. and I think that's perhaps anyone except Odell Beckham Julio Jones AJ Green Phillips can make a play on the ball but I think yeah I agree with you he's he's done enough in this game despite getting beat over the top a few times to show that he has the skills to be an NFL corner and BW Webb, on the other hand, despite having that interception to uh, seal the game was not good in this. Right. Game. Yeah. He, that was the guy they were targeting when they needed a, a conversion, right? It was the deep shots yep. to Phillips. It was okay. It's third and six. We need to convert or even one was third and 15, I believe. Uh, and they just went that way more than, more than not. So, overall, I think again, the defense has been strong the second half of the year on the offensive side of the ball. I, they've run the ball like they have all, all for the second half, but the passing game was really was predicated on getting some chunk plays, and they were able to get that, and Dalton had to extend a couple as the offensive line really kept them clean, I think, for the majority, 95% of this entire game. Yeah, so there's your overview of the game. But, Joe, we're coming up on a new year, and we're talking about New Year's resolutions. I resolved on Twitter yesterday to stop trolling Ohio State fans for 2020. That's my New Year's resolution. Are you working on anything? Well, yeah. If you're like the Bengals, I bet you're going into 2020 thinking about what you didn't get done in 2019 and your goals for the new year. If you want to work towards being your best self in 2020, understand more about the world around you and make sure that your time is well spent, then Blinkist is for you. And Blinkist is for anybody, I think, who cares about learning, doesn't have a lot of time. Blinkist takes key insights from 3,000 nonfiction bestsellers in over 27 categories and condenses them down into 15-minute blinks. Those are text and audio explainers that help you understand more about the core ideas of each book. I like Blinkist because, for me, in less than 15 minutes, I feel like I can fast-track my path to a more informed, intelligent, healthy me. And we have some deals right now. Joe, tell them about the deal. Right now, Blinkist has a special offer just for us. Go to Blinkist.com slash LockedOn to start your free seven-day trial and get 25% off a Blinkist premium membership. That's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash LockedOn for 25% off and a free seven-day trial. And maybe all those New Year's resolution ideas don't resonate with you, or maybe you're resolving to cook for yourself more in the new year, but realistically... You're going to have a long day at work. You're going to have a tough day at school. You're going to get home one day, be too tired to cook, and you're going to turn to DoorDash because all of your favorite restaurants that you're going to be missing because you're cooking at home, well, they're all on that app, and you can have them delivered right to your door. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, 
There are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities, so you might have to find a new favorite too. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more. Download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. The Bengals finished on a high note. Think of the last week, right? Coming back against Miami and then winning this game, scoring 33 points. They put up points now two weeks in a row. 33-23 is the victory. Improving, weird to say, but 2-14 and 14 on the year. Last time they were 2-14, 2002, where they drafted Carson Palmer with the first overall pick. But uh, some milestones were reached, and that's Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, both hitting 1,000 yards. Uh, I want to say, yes, that's right. Yeah, Mixon was over 1,100 yards on the season now, which is good for him, actually. When you looked at the first half of the year, I remember he wasn't going to – I don't think he was on pace for 1,000 at that point, right? It was like 800 and something. And now for him to end up with 1,100 on the year is uh, pretty impressive for the turnaround. And Andy Dalton obviously starting – I shouldn't say obviously, potentially starting his last game in a Bengals uniform, unless somehow he's the backup or whatever the case is next year, goes 16 of 28, had 190 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception. He also ran for a touchdown. The Bengals had three rushing touchdowns. I'd like one of you stat nerds out there to find out the last time the Bengals had a three rushing touchdown game and hit us up on Twitter. Yeah, if you look at Joe Mixon's second half of the season, he averaged over 100 yards per game. For the whole yeah. second half of the season. I mean, he had games of 162, 136, 146, and then 114 against Baltimore. Now, 300 of those yards came against the Browns. So I think Joe Mixon knows how to or likes running against the Browns. Like Jeremy Hill. Just like Jer- Maybe it's just the Bengals. Maybe they just get up to beat up the Browns in the trenches because they've dominated this game on both sides of the trenches. Yeah. But good for Joe Mixon, right? Finishing the season on a really high note. What, almost doubling his touchdowns today? He had two. He had only three prior to this game in the season. The thing we're still looking for is the involvement in the passing game. Still mm-hmm. haven't seen a ton of that for Mixon. But there's time. And as a runner, he improved the single biggest flaw in his game this season, which is breaking tackles. And oh, yeah. down the stretch, we saw a lot of that from Joe Mixon at a very high level. And that was a big difference in Joe Mixon of the early part of the season where he was, you know, he was still averaging four yards a game in some of those early games against Buffalo, against Pittsburgh, against Arizona. He was above four yards in those games. Didn't get the volume, but he didn't break anything long. And mm-hmm. in the second half, he's breaking off 20 plus yard runs in six out of uh, maybe, uh, sorry, doing math on the fly here, four out of the eight games had 15-yard uh, runs in a couple of those other games. Yeah, and you're right. It's the broken tackles. It's a it's a big factor. It's huge. It's it's a requirement for an NFL running back to be able to break tackles. It's not going to be clean all the time. You're gonna you are responsible for one defensive player typically, and you got to make a miss. And multiple times today, he made multiple defenders miss miss either running through them, stiff arms, uh, juking and kind of jumping and juking at the same time. He had every bag in the tr- every trick in the bag there. Uh, other receivers: Tyler Boyd, five for fifty nine. Pretty average day for him. He did have one drop on a sideline throw that he seemed pretty upset about. John Ross had the second most yards on two catches for 42 yards. Eifert, right behind him, two for 34. Uzama caught five passes, scored another touchdown, his second in consecutive weeks, for 25 yards. And like you said, with Mixon, just one catch today. 
Yeah, I think the usage of Uzama lately has been pretty interesting. He's just been a solid tight end for them. He's not the playmaker that Tyler Eifert was in his prime, but he's proven that he can be a contributor for sure. If Eifert isn't back, I think there is a bit of a need at tight end, unless Drew Sample comes back, remember him, and takes a massive leap. But let's take a few minutes today to reflect on Andy Dalton's performance and, like you said, likely... I think, his last game as a starter for the Bengals. And let's say for some reason decide to keep him on as a transition year quarterback, not that Joe Burrow needs it. And let's not get too too ahead of ourselves there. We will talk about Joe Burrow. I thought it was a pretty gutty performance for Dalton. He wasn't mm-hmm. great, but he had that running touchdown. That was a really gritty play that kind of put the team on his back when they needed it. Nobody was open. He gets out of the pocket and... Just like last week, you know, he gets to the pylon and gets in. So that was a really nice play, a highlight for him to look back on if he's thinking about the end of his Bengals career. And he had another touchdown pass too, which is a nice throw. Yeah, both of those were really nice plays. It's funny, on the touchdown run, this was on maybe like the fourth time he's had to break the pocket or go off script early in the game. And each time it was a throwaway or just, you know, incomplete pass or an inaccurate pass. And I'm thinking... Yeah, man, going right off the back of watching Joe Burrow, this is it's blatant what the biggest difference is in these two guys. And then he comes out on the left, and I'm thinking, oh, here we go again. And he puts his head down and goes for it, and it was awesome. He slides on his back as the grass is kind of wet or the turf is wet, and you hear uh, chants of Andy, Andy, and the you know players go pick him up, which I thought was awesome. Um, so just overall fun, complete performance by the team overall when you score 33 and you get a handful of interceptions and a grouping of sacks. Uh, for your quarterback, doesn't really have to do too much, and he didn't. So, he, you know, they got out of there with a win. If this is a closer game or a better team, we might feel differently. But it's a good thing it's the Browns Week 17. We should schedule them uh, for that slot every year if possible. Yeah, we were all excited to watch Andy go out on a high note against the Browns. Yeah. We got exactly what we wanted out of the last few games of this season. This season generally has been a slog to be a fan. Uh-huh. It has been pretty brutal. But down the stretch, there are glimpses of improvement defensive side of the ball running game and then the offense the passing offense is a bit of a mess we think that a quarterback can help with that quite a bit but Dalton said according to Laurel Fowler who is at his press conference right now that he doesn't know what's going to happen in the offseason of course he doesn't but it meant a lot to him to end the season with a win especially if it ends up being his last game for the Bengals you go over to the athletic read Jay Morrison's piece about what a bunch of players had to say about their experiences with Andy Dalton. He's just a good dude. And we've known he's a good dude. Some of us have seen it up close in person. Others have just read about it. You can you can see what he does in in the community. And the, uh, there's a part of me that, you know, is, is going to miss having that at the helm. But, hey, if it's Joe Burrow, by all accounts, he seems like a pretty okay guy too. And he certainly has the it factor, and I don't know if I can hold off talking about that LSU game any longer. Let's do it. Let's do it, but we do have to tell you about Abco Safety first. They are our third-time returning sponsor. You can check out their safety inventory straight out of Cincinnati, Ohio, on www.abcosafety.com. Joe, what are you looking at today? 
We talk a lot about Abco becoming your safety supplier, and they have national accounts in manufacturing, construction, environmental, food service, and retail sectors of business. And I want to see what those benefits come with. And they've got them listed on their website for uh, you'll get the best pricing, priority shipping, dedicated account manager, a dedicated customer service team, and you can uh, set up payment plans and payment terms with them. Yeah, so if you are involved with corporate safety or any of those things that Joe just mentioned, give them a shot at quoting your safety needs because they will save you money. The prices on their website are retail prices. You're going to get a better deal than that. Give them a call at 513-672-1818 and mention the podcast Locked On Bengals. Let them know you heard about them from us. So the Bengals world, football world, was watching the Peach Bowl as LSU and Oklahoma faced off and I think most people expected LSU to handle that game pretty well but they did more than that Jake they destroyed them and at the helm of that all was Joe Burrow going nuts in the first half and I'm just watching Twitter and we had a few comments of people like I never watch college football or I never watch draft prospects one guy said to me this is the first college football game I've ever watched and this is what they're seeing, <laughs> right? Can you believe that? That this is your first college game? You just, you know, accept whatever players the Bengals take and you move on and hope for the best. But to go and watch this guy that you've already clinched the first pick, everyone's slam dunking it as it is the pick. It's inevitable at this point. And he goes out there and Joe Burrow goes 29 of 39 because, of course, he does complete 74% of his passes as he has all year long. Uh, 493 yards passing, seven touchdowns. He had over 400 passing in the first half, seven touchdown passes in the first half. He had one rushing touchdown in the third quarter just to seal the game away and and end it all. 500 total yards. And it wasn't just the production. He made some bonkers plays, some movements in the pockets, going off script, making things happen, some crazy ill-advised throws that, of course, work because they have worked all year for him because the guy just creates magic that we haven't seen in a long time it's like it's like watching pat mahomes last year for the for the chiefs where you're just like i didn't know anyone could i didn't know you're supposed to do that i didn't know you could do that and joe burrow just continues to impress and i'm so happy a lot of bengals fans got to watch that and watch him play the way he did and my god it was what a, what a fun night right off the back of the miami clinching and then now to roll into this game where they win and finish off the year i'm just this is a high note peak of the bengals season that has been a weird upside down, uh, especially when you're rooting for the tank, just to watch this. I mean, it was the improvisation that was so impressive from Burrow, right? Like all these people that are talking about how he's a product of Joe Brady's system and you need to bring Joe Brady with you. Sure, that might be good. It's not going to happen. But look at what Joe Burrow does outside of the structure of the play. He is the best quarterback in a very long time at managing the pocket at Mm -hmm. keeping his field awareness, knowing what's going on down the field. And he just showed that off in spades against Oklahoma. And it's not like Oklahoma has a great defense, but this is a number four team in the country. They're supposed to put up a fight. And Joe Burrow made it look, as he has all season, like he was playing against high schoolers. And yeah, you can get at me with the age argument if you want, but he looks very much the part. He looks so ready and even Tyrion Matthew compared him to right. Steve Young. Did you see like Joe Mixon's re- um, replies or uh, expressions, I should say, on Twitter? Like he's like, oh, my God, and like mind blowing emojis being sent with each touchdown. That guy, that seemed to grow crazier as they went and further downfield as they went. 
uh, as we got to number seven. But uh, yes, I, I'm with you on that. It's the plays that aren't in the playbook that are off script for me that just makes me fall for him so much more. I just went back and looked because he's an Oklahoma guy, obviously, right? Yeah. And he's go. He's sitting here like, "Wow, right. oh my!" <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, how about Justin Jefferson too? By the way, let's talk about Justin Jefferson for a minute because I I thought he was kind of like a slot guy, maybe round two, round or number three. two guy. Yeah, fourteen for two twenty-seven and four touchdowns couldn't be covered. I mean, he made some incredible catches too, and he's making yep. guys miss after the catch. I tweeted during the game. I was like, "Man, Joe Burrow and." Justin Jefferson had to sit down with Jamar Chase and be like, hey, Jamar, we're going to have to have you take the game off. We got to make Justin some money here tonight. I think it was Jamar Chase that tweeted, uh, they want to keep leaving him one-on-one, go ahead, because they were rolling the safety towards towards Chase. Like, we can't let Jamar Chase beat us. Okay, well, they've got another guy that will. And, yeah, that was equally as impressive. Right? So if you catch four touchdowns on 14 targets or 14 catches – and he was out in the third quarter as Burrow was. That's pretty impressive. That's just – it just was overall – I just couldn't get enough of it. And I couldn't get enough of the reaction from everyone nationally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There are people in my mentions that are like, oh, don't you have concerns about the arm strength? His arm strength looks the same as Dalton. And I, and it's like the first quarter, maybe right after he threw that almost pick on, right. the, on the sideline. on Because like, there the was three, route. right? I'm thinking of one in particular in the first quarter. But it, in in the total of the three quarters he played, the there was three sideline within like twelve yards or so where he just you know you got to stick your foot in the ground and, and rip it for twelve yards where it got contested. But even on one, the defender couldn't touch it and it hit it hit Thaddeus Moss in the face. It was still going to be go down as a very accurate uh, throw, mm-hmm. you know, for like like PFF's grades or whatever. But yeah, there was three throws where I'm like, okay, that's where you have your concern. But the ninety percent of the rest of the field is amazingly accurate. He he's very accurate generally speaking. Even when right. even if there's not enough mustard on it, he he's accurate and he's generally throwing those with good enough anticipation and good enough arm strength that it'll work. And and yes, the windows are smaller in the NFL, but there's no reason to think that that will be the thing that is his downfall. But anyway, he tweets me like I have concerns about the arm strength, and then like I don't know a quarter later he's like never mind. I'm all in. Right. <laughs> <It's> just, like, <laughs> just give the guy a couple quarters, right? Like, right. it's just, he's gonna light. Because he connects on four deep balls, like, almost back to back to back, and, like, in four drives where you go, And they're perfect right. throws. Right. And then he hits, uh, uh, like, that third and 18 play, where he steps up in the pocket as the pocket's collapsing on him, and I want to say he hits Chase on this one, and he throws it in the window over the middle, and Chase, you know, is able to pick up. And I'm just like... We just handed the ball off on third and 18 today, and I watched it and just thought, oh, next year, man, we can go for this. They were winning, though, right? When they, when they handed yeah. it off on third and 18, they were up two scores in the fourth quarter? No, I think that was one. No, this is right before. Um, No, it was right after halftime. It was third quarter, so it was oh, one okay. score. I wasn't watching the game that closely, if you couldn't tell. I'm glad they won, though. That was great. Yeah. Weirdest note for me, or notes, I should say, is when Burrow's setting records – against Oklahoma. Oh yeah. He this breaks Pete Yeah, Peach Bowl records. He breaks records from uh Achilles Smith. And then it was bowl game records he broke uh, any bowl game records he broke were held by Jeff Blake. And then touchdowns in a season and and uh, I, I want to say it was uh yards in a season he passes David Klingler. So a bunch of former Bengals quarterbacks. Some people were taking that like, "Oh, it's destiny." And other people were taking it. I was like, "Ooh, that's kind of freaky." 
It's a little bit of both. Right. Speaking of watching college football playoff games, Ben Baby was talking to Zach Taylor after the game about whether he saw any of the college football playoff. And Zach Taylor said he went with his son to see the Harlem Globetrotters. Baby Mm. then followed up and said, Coach, can you confirm that you didn't watch any of the playoff games yesterday? And Taylor smirked, flipped out his palms, and said no comment. (laughs) That's funny. You could say watching LSU was equivalent and watching Joe Burrow was equivalent to watching Harlem Globetrotters. Yesterday, yes. And and Taylor will be watching tape, starting on college tape. I mean, starting tonight. I bet he'll yeah. probably get home maybe tomorrow. Maybe he'll enjoy his victory. Maybe they'll go out with the team, have a little celebration. They yeah. they won the game to go into this offseason with a little bit of momentum. As much as winning two games in the season can give you any momentum. But then Zach then, Taylor's going to sit down and start watching Joe Burrow and hopefully be like, yep, all right, we don't need to think about this anymore. Let's look at the second round. Well, because he's... It was confirmed by the director of the Senior Bowl that the Bengals will coach. Yes. So I'm assuming he's going to get up on that roster and be clear on that and then get all of that confirmed. There's exit interviews with the players on the team and the coaches and, you know, probably uh, making sure everyone's got a good plan for the offseason. I don't know if he handles that or not, but it's probably the trainers. But point being is that'll be done this week. And then it's like, all right, you may have a couple of days, but you've got to get yourself ready to go coach a, another game in just a few weeks. So Zach Taylor's regular season is over, but he will be busy this offseason. And let's take a listen, because Taylor gave his second victory speech of the season in the locker room. And it's pretty fun audio. You can see the locker room is still behind him if you go watch the video. The Bengals Twitter account has it, and we'll play it in full for you here as we wrap up the regular season on the Locked On Bengals podcast. That's what we should add all year. Right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We didn't do it, but tonight we did. We finished this thing the right way. Great momentum going into the offseason. That's what it should look like when yes, the Bengals go yes, yes, We asked for a complete game, and we got it. Yes, right? sir. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't convert on third down defense. Mm-hmm. We created turnovers on offense. They couldn't stop our run game. No. Yes, Hey, so two game balls here, right? Career high, 162 yards, Joe Mixon. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 